We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, welcome in to today's OBR Film Breakdown. It is Tuesday. It's May 30th. We're almost through the month of May, which is which is crazy. We're pushing through and we're into now what I always call uh, the worst time, the desert of the NFL season where we're removed from the biggest off-season events which come at you pretty quick after the season and then you hit this this two-month dead period of very little stuff. And what we're going to try to do again as I've talked so many times about this offseason is be as creative as we possibly can. Small pieces of news turn into big pieces of conversation, and then there's going to be just thought process stuff that happens all the time, which, again, that's fine. You still want to talk about your Cleveland Browns, and we want to talk about them. So we'll continue to do that on this show. Did not do a show yesterday on Memorial Day. For those of you who served, those of you who have family members who served, those of you who uh, know somebody who has lost, um, you know, all the best wishes thank yous we could possibly give for this podcast. want to make sure that that's very clear uh, as, as far as Memorial Day and, and thinking of those who have given the ultimate sacrifice for this country. Uh, it's uh, it's very important. So hopefully you got time to spend with your family, those you care about, and had a good day. It's unbelievable if you're in Ohio. I don't know if, how many of you folks are outside of Ohio. seems like there's quite a few, but it is an unbelievable weather situation going on in the state of Ohio where it's like a run now of two weeks we're looking at with just great temperatures. Some of those summer nights, we're not even really quite to summer yet. And it's, uh, it's really looking positive. So take advantage of that. We're trying to over here around the Columbus area. So we're bringing in Andrew Spade. Andrew's back with us, took a little time away, did some cross country driving. He's back. What's up, man? How are you? It's good to be here, Jake. I always, uh, happy to participate in the weather report. Uh, also, uh, uh unseasonably cool down here in North Carolina. So, um, yeah, uh, really, really beautiful Memorial day. Um, and, and I, obviously I echo all of your thoughts, uh, thanking everyone for their, their service and their sacrifice. Uh, I, you know, I personally can't imagine doing the, the stuff that some folks do voluntarily for our country and I'm deeply grateful to them. So, uh, yeah, happy to be with you and, 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 uh, happy to talk a little Browns, even as, as you said, we enter June and, 
Uh, it's pretty thin on the ground as far as news and speculation and everything else. It's uh, about to be the longest, uh, what? I, it's a little different this year because the Browns start, what, the 22nd? So we're gonna. it's going to be a long six weeks, I guess is the way to say it. Well, in the world of preparing for football season, if you're a fantasy football player, and especially one who participates in some of the season-long dynasty-level stuff, I have a funny angle on the DeAndre Hopkins deal because I want to get your opinion on it because you were gone when this all transpired. Like Thursday of last week, I'm like, man, I need to get rid of some older players who I think are coming up on some uncertainty, right? So if, if Hopkins is in, in Arizona, it's got like Colt McCoy, he's just, it's not a great situation. Yeah. Dalvin Cook has been replaced on the team's banner mm-hmm. by Alexander Madison. I need to get rid of both of these guys. So I went after Charbonnet, Zach Charbonnet, the youngster um, who's in a pickle out in Seattle because he's with Kenneth Walker, and I don't know how much he's going to play early on, but he's really talented. I'm kind of banking on the long run. But uh, ironically, I didn't really need to include Hopkins in that trade. I kind of did it to sweeten it up. And then all of a sudden, he's released, which I didn't think would happen. I kind of thought that they were just going to ride it into the season with him and just stomach because, you know, that's a huge cap hit they took. And yeah. $22.6 And I just thought that they would just run it and try to try to see what they could get out of him if they couldn't get anybody to offer a real pick for him. But they cut him. And now I left trying to recoup that player onto my fantasy football team as best I can. Now I'm giving up, ironically, giving up double what I gave up to get him. It's just not fun because I think he's going to land somewhere that he's going to have a really impactful two seasons. I've already gone through on this pod, Andrew, and I know we talked about it off air, all of my thoughts around Hopkins, where I think he lands. I know you have been back when trading him seemed for him, trading for him seemed a little bit more realistic, a pretty ardent supporter of doing that are you now on like the do whatever it takes bandwagon to go get him do you think they have enough talent here that they don't need to go get him i know we're going to talk a little bit about adding one player to this roster as it is like picking that one player is he your one guy i'm asking you all of it lumped into one uh, your deandre hopkins thoughts yeah you know it's so interesting because i agree with you i didn't see the release coming um certainly caught off guard by it and the timing of it honestly um you know, I think that the the timing of this stuff, the Zadarius Smith thing is sort of similar, right? Where it's like, you know, not, not much changed with the team between the end of the draft, which is, you know, basically a month ago now, and um, the team making this move. So it's, you know, I, obviously there's it's the product of, com- of communication between the agent and the g- general manager. And, you know, you never know what those conversations are like. But, um, it, it yeah, it's, I think the timing is interesting. And, you know, I think the player is very interesting. I know that, you know, our Jack Duffin has been, you know, pretty clear about what it would take for the Browns to, to get that player onto the roster. Um, you know, I, I kind of am of two minds. Uh, you know, I, I think I, I, you know, there's the pragmatist here, which understands kind of where the, where the Browns are headed and, and the type of, you know, sort of more or less permanent cap trouble they're going to be in. Uh, you know, maybe trouble is too strong a word, but they are going to be up against it for the foreseeable future because of the Watson contract. But I kind of think that cuts both ways, right? Like on the one hand, they're in that situation and it's it's going to make it harder. So you want to avoid big contracts. But on the other hand, it's a little bit, you know, moving into that New Orleans Saints, Los Angeles Rams territory where it's like in for a penny, in for a pound. Like they're already going to have to be restructuring contracts next year. Why not? try and see if you can squeeze DeAndre Hopkins in somehow with, with some of the same creative accounting that they've used to get Zadarius Smith on the roster. Like, and, and I think, you know, the number one reason that I'm in favor of bringing Hopkins on is I do believe 
in the chemistry between a wide receiver and a quarterback. You know, I think you saw what happened with Aaron Rodgers last year with no Devontae Adams, the fall off there. Um, And I think, you know, one of the ways to help Deshaun Watson become the quarterback that he was would be to add DeAndre Hopkins just to to kind of give him that sure target for the next year or two that he, he just really knows how to work with. And then I think if they did something like that, then I think the team would definitely be moving on from both Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones next offseason. But for this year, you know, you could your t- starting three would be Cooper, Hopkins, and, you know, Elijah Moore probably. You know, maybe they maybe in that situation, maybe they would end up trading Donovan Peoples-Jones because he would be fourth on the depth chart at that point. I, th- I think it's really interesting. Uh, I don't think that they will do it because of the, the, the cost involved and the age of the player. It doesn't feel like the type of move that they make, but I wouldn't have thought that they would have made that extra move for Zadarius Smith when they did in, in mid-May. And this feels a lot like that. Like, you know, I mean, I, so much of it just comes down to what the rest of the market is for Hopkins. But if the price is right, it would be hard for me to say no to a player like that with existing chemistry with the quarterback, right? If, they, if the quarterback was Baker Mayfield or, uh, you know, some rookie, it's like, Maybe you don't need Hopkins, you know, and obviously we want Watson at, at some point to be elevating uh, receivers around him. But I think the chemistry thing, I don't think you can discount that. I think it's a I think it's a major factor and it's a reason why they should consider it. I find myself with the two Buffalo and Kansas City just seeing like seeing it right. They, totally. Kansas City is Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore and, and they drafted Rasheed Rice and they're trying to figure out who their one guy is. Now they, they have talent. All of those guys have been, you know teams have whether they drafted them or traded for them they they gave up serious capital to get them so there's clearly a, a fine level of talent with those guys but there's a lot of unproven nature to it and with the with the bills it's it's also to me pretty clear that they could really upgrade their third wide receiver uh, sorry second wide receiver which I like yeah. Gabe Davis but but giving yeah. yourself Hopkins is like such a significant jump in talent at that spot that it, it's just clear to me and and then I'm talking about all the others like the Chargers get talked about the, you know, the Ravens get talked about and then the Eagles too. And it's like, those teams don't need him any more than the Browns do. Right. Like the Chargers have veterans and Mike Williams and uh, obviously Keenan Allen, but they just went and drafted and spent serious draft capital on Quentin Johnston. The Ravens of, uh, you know, Bateman and flowers who they're trying to develop to be their cheaper first round pick wide receivers for a while on top of spending the money they did on Odell they don't need him. Right. So like the, in in the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, I guess the Eagles could use a third receiver, but they have Quez Watkins. They have some other guys who have been effective for them on what they do. And they're already spending a decent amount of money on one of those receivers in AJ Brown and, uh, and first round high first round dollars on Devontae's. I guess what I'm getting at is it's like, I find myself making excuses for why these other teams could use him more than the Browns. It's like, well, kind of like, why? Like, I don't think, it's far-fetched that the Browns would see an improvement with him. So he's not who he used to be. He's not as dominant against man coverage as he was at one time, but he catches everything. He knows how to find answers in zone coverage. And to your point, he brings a level of comfort with Deshaun. Yeah, I think that they can maybe use that $10 million or whatever it'll be as, as far as a cap it and some other location. But if he's serious about coming here and they figure out a way to get it done, I think that they make sense from the standpoint of this isn't years ago where they were, you know, kind of sliding things to the side and kicking them with the inside of their foot forward. They're like in the quicksand now. And if you're in the quicksand, 
you know, what's the phrase? <laughs> it's, it's not quicksand related, but the water's water's warm. Get in. Like, yeah, exactly. They're, they're there. So they might as well, if a guy who's hellbent on coming to Cleveland and he's like, man, I really want to come there. Can you guys get me 9 million uh, a season over the next two years? I'll be there. Like right. they should probably be doing that. Now he might want more. He might find more. There could be teams like the lions and Patriots and some others who are floating off in the distance who are ready to cut a fat check. But, um, you know, I, I think a lot of people have just sort of written it off and myself included, but I've thought about it more and more where I've been like, well, you know, if there's a serious interest from his side, right. That's what makes it more of, possible. Yeah. Sort of silly to just yeah. say, this right. isn't going to happen. The Browns shouldn't like the Browns won't be interested. Well, that's, that's not the case, you know? Right. Yeah. I, and I think, you know, I mean, no one saw Cedric Tillman as the pick in the third round because of the age guardrail thing. Right. And so, you know, I, I think we've seen some indications this offseason that the Browns are willing to change their thinking there. And, and I mean, Andrew Berry has said this in press conferences that he's not as dogmatic as people paint him, you know. And so I think sure. that I think there's every reason to expect that they're going to do their due diligence. And the question is just whether or not the, the fit is there where both sides have, you know, a, a, a matched level of interest. But your point about, you know, it, it making, a, you know, a good amount of sense, I think, is well taken that there's not. You know, and, and and I mean, really, like when you step back and look at it, you're talking about replacing Donovan Peoples-Jones, who I who I like as a player, but who is is really best described as sort of a functional NFL wide receiver, and replacing him with DeAndre Hopkins, right? Like that's that's the switch they would be making, as far as I understand it. And that, I mean, when you think about that in the context of how talent rich the AFC is, the questions that we still have about what type of quarterback Watson can be this year. Yeah. And and the where they are in their competition window. I mean, that's why my reaction when I finally saw it, you know, what I put on Slack was they should restructure Miles Garrett's contract to make enough cap room and go get this guy. I mean, they might not even need to do that to fit it under the cap, but that's, you know, they should go get him. Certainly feels like he's going to wait until the June 1 number because that's when some teams yeah, have money open up, but I I find myself like uh, I, I, like again, upon reflection of the whole thing, doing what I feel like I've always done when I've sort of, I don't know if coping is the right word, but like understanding why the Browns don't sign somebody, I will sort of make this justification why other teams need him more, why it makes right. sense for other teams more. Right. It, it's not really the case anymore. You can, excuse me, you can really find a reason to use this guy. Like he can immediately help you. He's going to put some, he's going to make the belt a little bit tighter, obviously, but yep. I think the accounting part of this thing, the Browns have a pretty good feel for how to figure it all out. So if they were to sign him, it's not like I'd be like, they're making some giant cat mistake. Right. Exactly. So exactly. yeah, I, yeah. I, I, listen, I, I, as we sit here, I think the percentages are still low. I think there's, yep. Yep. I'm fascinated to see how much money he ends up demanding, wanting, and, and ultimately getting. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think the Browns are going to go there. I think they like their guys, but as I think about the side of them being, uh, you know, almost told by Watson's people in terms of, Hey, yeah. we're talking to him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Hopkins is like, I want to come to Cleveland. Like right. I want to get there. Can you right. guys get me there? Yep. I just wonder if they'll figure out how to get him there, right? Yeah. That's that's right. what I'm curious about. And uh, there's no more time. Like th they're showing us, they have shown us now that this is the window. This is right. when they're going in. And it would really be a bummer to be week nine and be like, man, we are a wide receiver short. We just right. can't seem to get open, can't seem to make enough big plays. 
all of it. And it's like, man, we had this chance to get DeAndre Hopkins, but we sort of turned it down. That that would be tough because you're not justifying it any longer with, well, you know, we got X, Y, and Z. We're going to do this in the future. No, it's like we're in a championship window that we have outwardly said we're in a championship window. So, yeah. you know, and, and, th- that's and, why. Yeah. I mean, Amari Cooper, DeAndre Hopkins, and, you know, Elijah Moore slash Donovan Peoples-Jones. Slash- with Donovan ready to come in, with Tillman ready yeah. to come in. They've been very fortunate with injuries. And, and right. like, guys like Amari have had injury histories. They, right. they are – Yep. Uh, it's it's – Yeah. But I think that's one that's one of the better wide receiver cores in the league, is my point. And and, and um, Tillman's a third round guy. You can't yeah. forget that. Tillman's right. a third round guy, right. and you got Elijah Moore for two more years of his rookie deal. So those right. guys are super cheap. Right. And Donovan's still running a six round contract. So if there was a time to spend a couple big money contracts in the wide receiver room, yep. like it kind of would be a two year yep. sort of deal here. You know yes. what I'm saying? So I agree hundred percent. I, I mean, and this is one of those things where, as I said before, I don't expect it to happen, mm-hmm. but I think you can make a really convincing case why it should. And as you said, the team has shown the ability to manage this cap situation pretty intelligently. So it's, you know, like... Until proven otherwise. Exactly. I would say until right. we look at no, a situation sure. yeah. where we see, oh man, they really can't re-sign Grant Delpit here right. because they right. spent on these whatever, whatever. Like we haven't, mm-hmm. we haven't run into that yet. So until we do, uh, I'm not saying that you should say the cap isn't real and I'm not saying that you're saying that, but some people uh, yeah. operate under that belief. Like they've just done a pretty good job of navigating, but they're like a year away here. And we're going to talk about a fun segment after the break where we go into some of these contracts where they're not, these are going to pick up and they're, they're going to start to be unable to kick the can on some of these much longer. Put it yeah. that way. Yeah. So if is he is he like if they could add one guy right now, would he would he be your choice? I don't think he'd be my choice. I still think they're a, a three tech player away yeah. from being a really good defense. So given the option of Matt Ioannidis or him, I would probably lean Ioannidis. Mm. Uh, but it's not by much. It's yeah. by maybe like a foot out in front of him. Like I. Right. I really think that when I heard the other day, uh, and I think we should attribute it to who wrote it, Terry Pluto wrote it for Cleveland.com, that they uh, talked about the veterans in that room, who they're leaning on in the defensive line, and they had Jordan Elliott's name attached to some serious talent. I was like, I just don't understand it. Now, some of it is probably just throwing his name in there because uh, you you have no choice right now but to throw his name in there. I also don't know uh, know, how much – investment they're going to what moral of the story is maybe in-house they feel better about him and feel better about his performance last year than what pro football focus does right that's always possible um because there was you know miles garrett had given him some off-season hype last year about what one player is going to break out so on and so forth and uh, so maybe there's just an internal feeling that feels more optimistic about him than we understand on the outside looking in but i feel it just feels like a really really good let me put it this way. Did you ever see, I don't know if you were Game of Thrones people, but I think we can describe this in a way that makes sense. The first, like, I can I'm not all the way in the perfect note. I think, how many, seven or eight seasons? Yeah, I think the, that sounds right. The The first, like, six seasons were unbelievable when they right. based them solely on the books. And there was this yeah. drawing of, like, this horse that is is an unbelievable drawing uh, super detailed from the backside moving forward from right. left to right yep. toward the head. And then the, the, when they get to the head, it's like a 
It's like a cartoon drawing of yeah. like, this is well, what like it was. A, what seasons. a child would draw. Yeah. Yes. It was like seasons one through six and then season seven and eight or whatever. And again, mm-hmm. don't, don't, if you're a game of Thrones guy, like don't jump in and, and come after me. I'm sorry. I don't know the number of seasons. If you recall, like I binge watched the entire thing in like four months before the final season came out. So I was late to the show, but the point is the point. And I feel like that's the Browns defensive yeah. line right now, which is a bunch of masterpiece types mm-hmm. being generous, a bunch of really, really good players. Yeah. And then sort of, if you look at their three technique and some of the rotational defensive tackles, you're like, okay, that's a cartoon drawing. Yeah. So yeah. I'm a little nervous about it from that aspect. So I would go Ionitis, but I, I'm curious if you would go Hopkins. And I, I think you would, and I don't think you'd be that wrong. I would just because of the, the magnitude of the upgrade, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I, I know that we have talked about Matt Ionitis a ton. <laughs> yeah, and he was I, banned. To give everybody perspective, he was banned from our Slack channel. Yeah. We, we Shelby had, Harris is in that group, too. We yeah, should, we, we, should we had to fair. just have a, a slight moratorium on it because, I mean, like, I know that he's a fine player or whatever, but I, I don't, you know, to me, that's not going to make – I, I know that they don't have great depth there, but that's not going to make them from a from a bad defense into a good defense. Yeah. You know, it, like I Gerald did... McCoy a few years ago. Right. I don't know if you remember that sweepstakes. We came to Cleveland and yeah. he was very much in the middle of like, yep. if that was the player available. Right. Ooh, that's different. Right. It's different. Right. But yeah, I get yeah. that. No, this, you know, what they're talking about, the options that are available are. I think the main attraction is they're more reliable than a guy like Maurice Hurst or Tristan Hill. But, but from a talent level perspective, I think it's probably pretty close to even honestly, like those, you know, the the issue with Hill and Hurst is that they're hurt. Yeah. But if they could, if, you know, I mean, quote, quote unquote, if they could stay healthy, I don't think they're bad players necessarily. You just don't want to be in a position to depend on them. Um, And so, you know, maybe I'm underrating Ionitis or Shelby Harris a little bit, but I, I, I don't, those guys are not going to change what I think of this defense. I, I, I do think they need more reliable veteran depth there. My, you know, I, and I, it's, it really more is like, I, I wish they would have signed one of those guys instead of Hurston Hill, but I feel like they've walked pretty far down the road of like, they're going to get into camp and see what's what with these guys. And, you know, if they need to make a move late, like when they added Malcolm Smith back in 2020, that's what they'll do. Um, Hopkins going, as I said before, going from Donovan Peoples Jones to DeAndre Hopkins is just such a massive leap in talent, um, that, uh, it, it just, it, it feels like the sort of thing that really could elevate. And then again, specifically with the chemistry, I know I'm beating that, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, beating that like a dead horse, but, um, a lot of uh, horse references in this. Book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but I do think it matters when you're talking about a player who's trying to f- find his groove, right? Like, yeah. It's one thing if Watson had had shredded it over the last six games last year, and it's like this guy's back, you know. But we sure. don't know that yet, and I think I, I can't think of many players that would give another player. You know, it's, it's it would be the same thing as the Jets trading for Devonte Adams. Like that's how big of a move it is. Yeah, there's an element there of saying, okay, Hopkins upgrade over DPJ Elijah Moore versus a Matt Ioannidis upgrade over. Jordan Elliott does it does it matter much which one matters more to winning right and I think we would probably all say that a wide receiver of Hopkins ability now the thing that the wild card is the wild card which is again uh looking at it from the perspective of like what does he want money-wise Odell totally totally uh, Odell's a little younger now Odell is two ACLs deep here but uh, he was upset about the market and demanded and we kind of laughed about some of the money that was out there that he was demanding but 
ended up getting what 18 19 million yeah. for the yeah. year so like right. uh, i just i'm just curious like is somebody going to give hopkins 15 million a year like i just think that it gets to a point where it's going to go too far for him so i'm mm-hmm. just curious if he ends up settling around a two-year 20 million dollar contract it just doesn't feel like what a guy like him is is sort of looking for and i know the guaranteed money is all that matters but yeah i don't the contract is what fascinates me this time of yeah. year where teams are sort of locked into so many different things and all of that so uh, the contract when we see the contract that the browns don't sign him and it's and it's something like three years 40 million or something and yeah that explains you know, 28 it. guaranteed then mm-hmm. that'll probably explain it i don't know again i'm not well versed in bills or chief salary cap structure stuff right now so i don't know where they sit but it feels like uh, they have a little bit more flexibility because the Browns have just extended and signed so many people recently. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. We're going to be right back. That wraps up DeAndre Hopkins. I've said it three times. Like I, I don't think he signs anywhere until like next weekend uh, because then you'll get to the turn of the new month and all of that stuff. And teams will have a little bit more in their accounting window. So um, we'll see. That means you'll probably sign when you're listening to this podcast, but nonetheless, <laughs> we're going to take a break word from our sponsors and we'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we had an idea to wrap this pot up, which is, again, I don't know, the NBA, this was probably like the 2011 or 12 CBA. I don't know the exact date. If there's an NBA aficionado out there, I'm sorry listening to this that I don't know the exact date, but they put in the last CBA, I think, this this fun amnesty clause in, which was built around these GMs giving out terrible contracts. So it gave them a once use it. You never lost it, which is uh, a fun uh, little use it, you lose it thing there. Um, they never lost it. You could use it whenever. And it basically allowed you to release a player with no salary cap ramifications. So if the player was owed the money, they still got the money, but the money didn't show up on your books as a part of the accounting for the salary cap. And I was curious sitting here thinking if there was anybody that you would, if the, if the NFL said today, we're providing an 
amnesty clause to every team uh, as as long as you know this this player will get paid what's on their guarantee whatever whatever but you know they have to be released as a part of this deal is there anybody that you would use an amnesty clause on right now for the browns so the bigger contract is obviously watson 230 guaranteed miles garrett 50 mil he signed a 125 million dollar total value contract denzel 44 and a half guaranteed 100 million dollar contract amari cooper has 40 million guaranteed Joel Batonio's contract, which is total value of 48, which is 14.6 guaranteed. Uh, Jack Conklin has 13.9 guaranteed as a part of his extension. Dalvin Tomlinson's money, which is uh, total guaranteed is 25 million starting now. Wyatt Teller's deal, 16 million, 56.8 total value. David Njoku, 54.75 total value, 17 million total guarantee left. Nick Chubb, 17.13 total guarantee. He signed a $36 million deal. And then we'll include these three, which were the recent ones. Juan Thornhill, 21 million was his deal, 14 guaranteed. Uh, Ogbo Okoronkwo signed $19 million total deal, 10.8 guaranteed. And then lastly, Ethan Postage, 18 million with 10 guaranteed so you can amnesty any of those guys are you using it at all that's the question for you um yeah i th- i mean probably uh is <laughs> my hedged answer um i think i think if you if you gave the browns the opportunity right now they would get out of the wyatt teller contract that's um, probably the most popular answer I would imagine. Yeah, like they they there it was reported that they were talking about trading him earlier in the offseason and then decided mm-hmm. to keep him. Um I I think that's probably one with the inconsistency, not just the injury piece, but the inconsistency after the injury. Um uh, you know, I I think that's probably the one that they're regretting the most. I I am also concerned about the Jack Conklin deal just because of the player's age and injury history and I I you know I understand where the offensive line market is right now, and they were trying to kind of get ahead of that a little bit, I think. But mm-hmm. um, that that one also, I, I would say, is concerning just because of the you know the player and the age. So those are kind of the two that I'm looking at. Um, you know, I don't think that you can really do anything with Garrett. I mean, how, you know, <laughs> you almost can't pay a guy like that enough. You know, yeah. and and there's not really anybody else on the defense that I think you know is making enough money to care about, unless you just really think they shouldn't assign Dalvin Tomlinson. I, I think it's all pretty much, you know, what it is. Uh, and then the other one to talk about would just be, you know, Watson. Um, but, you know, if you could, if you could wipe away the contract right now, I think you probably wouldn't because you still would be short the draft picks. And so the the path for the Browns to find another quarterback is so murky. It's always murky, but it's especially murky because they don't have, there's another year they don't have a first round pick. So, um, you know, this is a different conversation next year, obviously. That's uh, what I wanted to say. There are two guys who I look at that stand out to me from a next year perspective, because they're like, if I'm looking at this group, Wyatt Teller and, um, you know, some of these guys like Teller Chubb, they, they're running out of guarantees. Like their their deal is going to dry up on guarantees and they'll be able to get out of them relatively, relatively soon for some of them. But the one that stands out to me toward the top is Denzel Ward. Yep. Like, yeah, if 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 you could go back and rewrite that the way Martin Emerson played, mm-hmm. the way you think Greg Newsom can still be very much worth it on the top of the deal. 
That's a lot of money owed to Denzel Ward. And the question is, like, is he going to be worth that? Yes. Missing games the way he does. He's on a streak of missing four games a season that, I mean, he's basically a part-time yeah. employee at times. And I yeah. like Denzel. Mm-hmm. And when he's right, like at the end of last year, he's really, he's really good. But the question is, is he ever going to be worth a $100 million deal that he received? And the 44.5 total guaranteed sitting there, Someone said you could get out of that money. You could go out sign Hopkins comfortably. You could probably go make a deal for, I don't know, could you throw the something spicy at uh, DeForest Buckner and the Colts and fit that in? Like, that's where it's it's interesting. It's it's interesting. And it offends a lot of people because you know, Ohio State ties and, and people are committed to Denzel Ward, it seems, to, to a, a loyalty extent here. But I'm just that's one that stands out to me that if they were able to do this and hypothetical thing, it would be discussed right now. I don't know Mm -hmm. that they would execute it, but it'd be discussed. And I certainly think he would be in the top three if you're looking at a post uh, next season, if he doesn't have a really stellar season, because he's always just been Denzel's been good to great. He's had stretches of good to great. He's never been elite. And I think that we're like teetering on thinking he can become elite and last year was just a step in the wrong direction that you don't want to see when a guy gets paid so i think the discussion would happen there and i don't know people might not agree with me but i do think if this fictitious thing were there they would have that discussion and he would lead the uh lead the charge at the turn of the next year of guys that they'd be looking at because like if i'm i'm thinking about guys who are paid a lot of guarantees still in the contract even after this upcoming season watson and Ward, if they don't play well, yeah. those are two guys you're probably really looking closely at. Yeah. No, I think it's a great point. Uh, my hesitation there is that while Emerson played well, you know, and Newsom played well his rookie year and was 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 still pretty good last year, you know, the concern with those guys is does you know does the upside equal a number one cornerback? And and I know, I mean, your point is well taken that Denzel Ward is not in the probably in the top conversation for the top five you know or if he is he's right at the fringe of that he's certainly not Mm -hmm. a top three guy in the league but um you know I don't know that we've seen enough from either of those younger players to to feel comfortable but but part of it also is the scheme right I, I think we know that that with Joe Woods the emphasis in roster building was to give him as many pieces in the secondary as possible and see what he could do with them um and I wonder if that shifts a little bit, right? I mean, the Zadarius Smith acquisition, adding him to a room with Okoronkwo and Garrett, plus you know adding a, a real defensive tackle in Dalvin Tomlinson, the the focus does seem to be shifting towards the defensive line, you know, and 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 kind of just maybe having players that are good enough in the secondary is is maybe where their thinking is, and so then in that case, then certainly you know the contract they paid out to Ward really is it puts them in a bind. Um, one, you know, one thing that I think occurs to me is that if Andrew Barry is going to continue, or the front office more generally is going to continue to scout and draft cornerbacks well in the later rounds, you know, say, uh, is it Cam Mitchell, the Northwestern cornerback? Is that Correct. his name? Yeah. Yep. Uh, if he if he has a good, say, he had a good rookie year, and now and now you've kind of got this track record of drafting quarterback or cornerbacks that can that can play, then you almost try not to pay any of these guys, and you just kind of keep that pipeline going, you know, because. 
what, what's what's the point in, in, in extending them if you're just going to draft another one that plays at the same level? So, yeah. yeah and this I, is a spot that they seem to draft pretty well. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think you could say Newsom, Emerson are both hits, and so yeah. we'll see what happens with Mitchell, obviously. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think that the Ward conversation is interesting. I, I'm interested to see how he looks this year, assuming that, that the Browns are prepared to play more man-to-man coverage. Yeah, and the and the pressure packages are going to be a little bit more intense, maybe not blitzing, but you know, uh, more uh, mixed up, you know, uh, aggression, stunt, yeah, aggression, stunts, slides, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. That you know, that gives them a few different options. Maybe that allows Ward to have. I think there's a scenario where he has maybe his best year this year, just because of what's they happening in front of him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. and I think they paid him as if he you know should be playing better than he is. So yeah, I. I it would be great for them if the two guys you mentioned, Deshaun Watson and Denzel Ward, had really good years and and put their contract questions to rest. There's no way the Browns aren't a good team if those two players play really, really well. Yeah, it would be really hard. It had to be a lot of injuries, I think, yeah. because yeah, if those two are playing peak powers, I mean, especially Watson, goes without saying, but they they need Ward to be the guy that yeah. they have seen flashes of over a 15-16 game performance be really big i'm just saying that's a contract that's teetering on the like have they gotten the value out of that that we hope they would that yeah that first year right. and it's early it's the first year of an extension i'm not trying to go crazy here but yeah if he if he puts together his i think it was his worst year as a professional last year it doesn't mean it was some terrible season it just was his worst of his career in my opinion right if he does that back to back then it's like Ey. That's yeah, alarm bells are going off. Yeah. Alarm bells yeah. are going off, and I, and I think I mean to go back to the guys that I mentioned. I think the same thing is true with with Teller certainly, right? Because that oh, was a guy yeah. that kind of came out of nowhere, put together some some really good performances, but you know the bottom really fell out for him after coming back from that injury last year. And and you know you never know with these guys how healthy they are towards the end of an NFL season. A lot of guys playing through injuries, so I don't want to you know talk about him as if he's you know done or that he you know you know. It's possible it was just a blip due to injury. But that's that I mean, like I said, that right side of the offensive line, how much they are paying the offensive line in general, how much they're paying the offensive line in general, the production has to be top three in the league for that offensive line to be of value, which is so hard to do. It's so hard to do, but that's where they have to be. It's fair. And with Teller, I've said it before. I think some guys play with minor injuries better than others. Yes. You know, if you yeah. lined up everybody on a Sunday yeah. at full strength. Right. Teller's a great, yeah, great yeah, pro bowler. Yep, but nicky knack injuries that sort of linger and fester, and like, can you push through a stinger? Can you push through turf toe? Can you, whatever, whatever? Yep, uh, he doesn't seem to be able to do well with that. And that's not to say he's not a tough guy or anything. It's just like, right. you know, you're when you're compensating for something, can you use technique soundly as well? Can you can you continue to do the things that you do well when you're, you know, without any lingering pain and that's uh it's been a bit of a problem we'll put it that yeah, way so we that, that's we, why that's why joe thomas is going to the hall of fame right because he played ten thousand plus career snaps without taking one off yeah i i'm i i know for a fact he was hurt for a lot of those snaps but he was so technically sound so yeah. technically sound that his body still did the stuff even through the pain it's the difference uh, yeah. offensive line wise between the good ones and the great ones and yeah Teller has the talent to be a great one, and he's shown, like you said, he's had legitimate flashes of it, and he got oh, yeah. a contract. But it's yep. like, how do you handle some of those other things that, that that stop you from 
you know, letting a guy rip through you or turn the corner or move your feet the way you need to move your feet and all of that. Like I've kind of addressed that with Kyle Murphy a few times where it's mm-hmm. like, it just seems like when something is off with his body, it he seems to trickle into yeah. how he goes about it from a mental perspective. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll leave yeah. it at that. This was I, fun. I don't, we didn't really cut anybody. I don't think so <laughs> that tells you that we, that we at least like them, the, the current roster for this year. We'll see if that, means anything we it seems like we'll have some hard discussions at the end of next year but we didn't use our amnesty clause we kept it in our pocket if you were going to use the amnesty clause let us know yeah where we were wrong we're always yeah. open to those discussions i would so. be curious i, I mean would i would i would be curious just to know what percentage of the fan base would would i'm not going to say undo the trade but just move on from watson right now i know i know it's early i know it's super early but i'm, I'm yeah. just curious about that because you know, I think there are certain segments of the fan base, you know, and, and some of some of the media even that are really kind of cheerleading the whole thing. And oh, I get yeah. that. I get that instinct. Um, sure. But I also think it's interesting just like it's such a it's such a question of uncertainty that I could imagine a fair number of people talking about, you know, well, just give me Jacoby Brissett and at least we know what we're getting. Indeed. That's uh, that's still a divide. It's, yeah. Some people have totally gone radio silent and left. Yep, but of those who are still here, and it was an anonymous thing, I would wonder how many would, yeah, would have voted to go and even with what they've given up, you can't change that, but still right. go in a different direction, right. right? So, yep, interesting, interesting stuff. That's it for today, Andrew. Listen, man, thanks for jumping on. I know you've been uh, you've been doing a lot of driving. You're tired, but we appreciate your perspective as always. It's good to be with you, Jake, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, cracking on with these over the summer. Despite the fact that there's little news to discuss, we're going to just keep talking. Nobody. We'll can make stop our us. own news. We'll that's make right. up CBA <laughs> elements to, to roll into this thing. So that's a show for today. Check out the OBR tight end week. We started that off today uh, because it's, uh, well, we say that as we're recording on Monday. We started it on Monday. We're a day behind in the week. So uh, check out tight end room week picking up. We had a film room of Dorian Thompson Robinson available, wherein I discuss I'm not. I'm less annoyed with the pick now than I was during the draft. So you can read my bloviations on that if you would choose. And we should have a lot of good content up for you guys uh, at the OBR uh, for all of this stuff. So check it out. Visit the site. Keep checking out the pod. We have a full slate of podcasts. I'm going to join Jeff Lloyd uh, tomorrow. Probably get with him and cross share that podcast uh, for you as well. Haven't talked to Jeff in a long time, so uh, we'll do that. Keep your eye out. Should be a like I said. I know I took Monday off, but this should be. Quite a few pods for you the rest of the week. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us. And again, happy Memorial Day to those who that day means the most to you have given that ultimate sacrifice. We thank you guys so much. Have a great Tuesday. Start off your week with a bang. Thanks for stopping by and listening to this podcast. Good browser. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.